Hello, fellow ag nerds. Thanks so much for downloading this episode of the Future of Agriculture podcast. My name is Tim Hamrich, and I get to sit down every week with the founders, farmers, innovators, and investors shaping the future of the ag industry. Now, this is one of two short episodes I'm releasing for you today, both exploring some aspects of farm data. You may have already listened to the first part with Dr. Terry Griffin at Kansas State University. But now we turn our attention to another Purdue graduate, coincidentally, Aaron Galt, co-founder and agronomy manager of Advanced Agrolytics. Advanced Agrolytics offers agronomy services equipped with their analytics platform, which helps farmer customers get a better picture of what's working and perhaps what's not working in their agronomic approach. Aaron focuses on in-season crop management and the understanding of real-time crop performance influenced by the environmental conditions of any given growing season. Aaron's ability to integrate yield response probability with infield stimuli is a key component of the advanced agrolytics sub-acre approach to understanding yield. Before joining advanced agrolytics, Aaron worked as a professional agronomist for some leading agricultural companies. Aaron and I discuss what makes advanced agrolytics approach different from others, how this part of the precision agriculture industry has evolved, and what the farmer can do to best utilize their data to improve their own operation. I think this is a really good complement to the other episode released today, so I hope you get a chance to listen to them both. I'm going to drop into the conversation here where Aaron is describing the approach that makes advanced agrolytics different from others. We look at the field variability and try to understand those environments. So we lay a hexagrid across every single field in our uh, whole data system. And that hexagrid is essentially about 24, 25 feet, uh, you know, across. So as you look at it, there's about 70 of those per acre. And we define all the data to that hexagrid. So all of our analytics is done on those calculations per those individual hexagrids. And then like environments join together to develop a prescription. So in theory, we're really zoneless. And I think that sounds odd to folks. We're letting the algorithm drive what's going on in those, you know, very uh, segmented areas of the field. And I think that's the probably a, a different way to look at managing variability. If I'm a farmer and I've been using, you know, kind of like zone management, I basically throw out the zones I had and then advanced agrolytics would come in and provide a hexagrid to create new zones based on this hexagrid. So it sounds like the hexagrid really is a big differentiator. It is. It is. Because as I look at, you know, a lot of subdivided Sergo in the past, you know, where you would take a soil type map and subdivide and say, okay, I'm going to take samples and, you know, sub one, sub two, sub three. We go back and we say, okay, let's look at the field. Let's set our soil sample points to define, you know, the variability across the field. So we take uh, a lot of past history. We look at derivatives of elevation and we set those soil sample points, go out, pull those. Normally, we're going to average around, um, you know, a two acres per sample. Given in the more variability that we have in that field, we're going to take more samples. And then we go back and we bring the information in and then essentially Krieg it back into those individual hexagrids and then let the yield and all the history bind to that that grid cell as well. And then that's our foundation that we use. So we put a lot of emphasis on a lot of soil sample points because we want to understand why yield has changed in the past to really set 
I'm going to say ground zero from where we start. And then how do we build and improve those environments over the next, you know, one, two, three, four years in that relationship with the grower? Well, take us through as if we were a prospective customer. What's the first thing you're going to want from a new producer that you're working with? Well, I think number one, and 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 you know this with probably a past interviews, the data itself, you know, we're looking at data quality versus quantity. There's a lot of growers that may have six, eight, 10 years of data, but we want to make sure that we can get the quality and, you know, that we know that we've got good coverage across all the fields because that's going to be the foundation. Then once we get the boundary set, we're going to look at that foundational data and start looking and, um, you know, setting soil sample points or looking at their current soil sample information and use that potentially if we have enough density. Like you said, there's zone management sampling, there's five acre grids, you know, there's so many different ways. And I think that takes me back to really why we started Advanced Agrolytics. So what did you see out there that, that made you think like, look, the current solutions for this are just not adequate enough, or, you know, there's something else out there that we could pursue. What did you see that kind of led you down this road? Sure. You know, I've been in the industry 20 years. I mean, it's hard to believe, you know, um, you know, 2001, I graduated Purdue University and was in agronomy and uh, started in retail and went into retail and worked for a chemical company for two years, went into the hybrid industry. And throughout that whole time, I think, um, you know, it was having the the ability to, to define why a product isn't working where it's supposed to work. And, and as I was in that, you know, hybrid industry, I could see that growers had a lot of things coming at their doorstep. You know, we in 2013, when I left the hybrid industry and started, uh, you know, it was one of the first to start advanced agrolytics with my partners. There was really a lot of money in the, you know, the 2012, 2013, there was a lot of money for the commodities. We had, you know, good prices. But with that, there was a lot of digital space coming in and saying, I can use this algorithm to help you improve nitrogen, improve whatever it may be. And I think it is that point I could see it was very discombobulated. We had growers that were sampling themselves. We had growers that had one co-op sampling and another retailer sampling. We had growers that were buying prescriptions from one seed company and using those to try to work with another seed company. I mean, there were so many different pieces and parts that were trying to fit together. And at the end of the day, I think the growers are like, okay, what's working? You know, am I getting value out of my nitrogen wrecks, my seeding wrecks? Do I see that I'm improving fertility? There was so much, I'm going to say, coming to the farmer and he was like, how can I sort this out? And I was, I was one of those guys that was coming to the farm to say, I've got the solution for you. And I looked at that thinking, how in the world, with all the science and the data analytics do we have today, are we going to disentangle and try to show a grower this is really what's improving his operation? So I saw the opportunity to say, let's start with understanding environment first. Let's understand the variability of your fields, and then let's build a program that can foster agronomics and technology and bridge and bring that all together to say, okay, we have a plan, let's implement a plan, and then let's have the data science and analytics at the end to say, what was the least limiting to yield? And then how do we learn from that and build into the future? Because at the end of the day, that yield is the outcome of that environment of that year. And I think knowing that yield is just an outcome and then how can we build a plan to 
I'm going to say prescribed to that variability. And that was really the foundation of, you know, advanced ag was like, we need a data set, you know, just having Sergo and having a couple years of yield data, that's really not going to give you a whole lot. So we really went out and built a great foundational database of growers that had, you know, they're as applied from nitrogen wrecks. They had, um, you know, good soil sampling information, they had good history. And then we could continue to build algorithms and learn from what we were prescribing to that variability in the field. And back at that time, as you looked around, I'm, I'm sure you, you and or your partners or both looked around and, and said, well, who's already doing this? And, and what did you see? I, I think you see just a huge mix of, you know, what I would call the the independent consultants, the the agronomy departments at the co-op, the seed companies now with prescriptive, you know, seeding prescriptions, nitrogen prescriptions that are going to package on top of the hybrid performance. I mean, there was a lot that come to the farm gate all at once. And I think that's, I think, what drove us to say, we want to make sure we can have impact at the farm gate and really see what was the limiting factor and then how can we build a plan and look at the science, the data science to help show the grower where the yield is coming from. Because at the end of the day, it's hard to see, you know, two, three, four, five bushel in the cab and the grower knows, hey, I'm, I'm seeing an extra five bushel. It takes some analytics to see that. You know, we can see 15 bushel from the combine cab when we do a fungicide check strip, as an example. You can see that on the yield map. You can't see three, four, five bushel. And I think that's where the industry's probably misled the grower a little bit because he, we can sell him something, a prescription, a seeding wreck or a nitrogen wreck, but can he see that that is a yield improving piece that he brought to his operation? And I think that's where we've tried to say, we're not going to be all a cart, Tim. We're going to go to the farm gate and we're going to sample we're going to build prescriptions for Lyme P and K. We're going to scout. We're going to do variable rate nitrogen, variable rate seeding. And then at the end, we're going to do all the data analytics to see what got us there. Because not every year is the seeding rec going to be the best gain in yield. You know, in wet years like we've had, nitrogen's probably doing all the heavy lifting. The seeding rec may or may not have made a big difference. And I think that's where success has really started for us. And how does this look in practice as far as, you know, you're selling a service eventually. I mean, it's a tech-enabled service, um, but how does that work? Do you have a team of agronomists that go out and provide kind of more traditional agronomy services, but just have this tool that, that really differentiates them? Yeah, and I look, at, I look at our folks, especially as we've grown and added new employees, new agronomists. You know, we've got data science and data analytics that's doing the background heavy lifting, but we also have the agronomists in the field, just like myself. You know, I still work with 20 growers here in Indiana, and I, I, look, at, I look at what we've formed is really a hybrid. Uh, and I mean that in the point that you have to have basic agronomics, but if I was going to coach somebody at Purdue or, you know, Iowa State, you need agronomics, but you also need now the understanding of all of the monitors, the tech, the ag systems management, because we can build a great plan. We can build a great prescription. But if the grower can't hit the right buttons, success is not going to be very good at the farm gate, you know, trying to get that prescription enabled. So, you know, we're looking for those folks who, you know, I can teach agronomy. I can teach, you know, ag systems 
but we kind of bring those together because as I tell our folks, I want to be the first call. You know, when there's an issue at the farm gate, whether it's with the monitor, whether it's with the prescription, whether it's with, you know, a basic agronomic question, you know, we want to be that first call for our grower because we're a partner in making sure the plan we built is going to be implemented and that we can have success. You know, that even goes to a lot of the research we do today when we do research on equipment, we do research on fungicides, insecticides, hybrids. When the grower is going to put a new planter order in, I want him to call me to say, Aaron, what do I need to have on this planter to make sure we're equipped to improve the farm next year? And when do you see the light bulb turn on for the grower as far as, boy, I, I, I've kind of needed this and maybe didn't really realize how much I needed this in the past? You know, I think it, it really depends on the grower, but I look at the work we did on nitropyrin, you know, a couple years ago, you know, in stabilizer. And we developed a custom layer that really helped us see where loss potential was greater across the farmers we work with. And then we took, you know, uh, Instinct, InServe, you name the, uh, the instabilizer and was able to do different rates across these areas where we had a stable environment for nitrogen and an, and an environment that we knew that was going to be saturated and lost in. You know, the, the light bulb for a lot of those growers come on and said, well, it's not always about putting on more in, especially if we know that we can use different amounts of stabilizer to keep it there, which really helped us even develop our own variable rate in protectant, I would call it, that we use in conjunction with either 28 or you know, anhydrous. I think a light bulb like that comes on to where we're bringing additional value because what we've learned in research that we can pass on to the growers that we work with. Talk to us about kind of like um, how you funded your growth, because I think what's interesting about advanced agrolytics is how grounded you are. How does that work from a funding standpoint? Because it sure seems like a lot of the investor types want the disruptive model. And yours is is very practical also just in terms of how you distribute. You know, you're putting people there with the farmer to help the farmer in a one-on-one type situation. So I don't know how all that ties in with kind of like scalability of the technology and what investors think about all this. But how's that journey been for you? I mean, it's been a great journey. You know, as I look back, um, you know, starting with three employees and then growing to even less than, you know, 18 months ago or less than 20 employees. And, you know, we built and learned, you know, uh, the amount of information that we've learned in our internal group really just kept allowing us to say, okay, what's the next step? How do we extend that? And I think when we then come to a, a point to say, okay, we can continue to grow, but can we look for outside funding to be able to take the information we've learned here in Indiana, Ohio, some parts of Illinois, and then be able to extend that and grow with um, finding the quality people. You know, the people, as you know, are key to being able to take the information we've really put together over the last four or five years and then extending that knowledge to other growers. And that's probably been the most enjoyable part for me is, yeah, we've had great growth and, and, and really a year that's been scary for everybody. But it's also just a, a blessing to have quality agronomists on our team that have the same goal of really working hand in hand with the grower to have, you know, a, a better ROI at the farm gate, a better yield, whatever you want to put on top. That's what it's all about. You know, that's what I've enjoyed from day one when I started in retail is 
working with the growers, being in the fields. And now we just have so many more tools to be able to understand what's going on, how we can improve. And, you know, the most simplest way I put it to a grower is we're trying to describe that environment and we're trying to understand where water's moving from and where it's going to is a big part of it. But now we have all the data analytics to help us better understand that. One thing that strikes me about this is most of your education on how to use the product and troubleshoot the product happens. I mean, the person using the product is kind of your employee who's consulting with the farmer. It's not so much like maybe like a farm management software where you got to have a whole team of customer success people saying like, okay, here's how you log on. You know, here's what you need to do here because it kind of happens directly through your people who are actually providing a very actionable advice. Is that right? It is. It is. But I also think, you know, data transparency is is huge for us. We develop all the custom layers that describe environment for our growers. I want them to be able to use those layers as well. I mean, what better tool to be as you're in the tile machine going through the field to see here's the nitrogen loss layer for this field and making sure that I'm hitting the mark on the tile layout. So we're, we're looking at now, you know, the grower interface side of our business. What can we show as they bring up all their fields and they want to look at organic matter, CEC, PK, you know, the spread layers so that it's all in one view. We've been in a realm where we've got to click and we look field to field to field. Now we're trying to look at the big picture to say, as I look at my operation from all the data I get back from the lab, I can see right away where I'm going to be putting lime. I think a lot of those transparency tools and um, even from a, a growth and management um, going forward with, you know, crop staging, when am I going to have to make an application of a fungicide? What fields are going to tassel first? All of those tools, I think, as we look at transparency, I'm excited about to put back in the hands of the grower so that now we're more interactive versus it's only coming from Aaron. Well, now we can have... Uh, data on both sides so that we can make actionable items, you know, at the farm gate. Well, Aaron, uh, one more question, then I'll let you go. You know, podcast is called Future of Agriculture. What areas of opportunity do you see for new solutions? What do you see in the future as far as things that maybe we're not using yet, but hopefully are coming down the pipe? Sure. You know, and I I think one thing that drives our company and one thing that uh, definitely looking forward to, as you know, from an agronomy standpoint, we're always we're always reactionary. We see potassium deficiency, and then Tim, we we're like, hey, we need to spray a foliar or potash, or you know, we're nitrogen deficient. Well, let's go out and why drop some nitrogen. And I think the future, as you look at this coming together, and you look at being able to take the weather models and infuse them into the data. So in my mind, if we know that we're starting to to get potassium deficiency and we see that we're going to be dry in 14 days, we need to make the application so that in this case, the potassium gets into the soybean plant before we even get more stressed and show more deficiency. So that premeditative agronomics to me seems like it could really could really help us see a better advantage on a lot of the products we use. And, and that's the potassium is just an example. So I think we're setting up, you know, for that type of management. And I think there's some growers that could do that today. You know, they have the tools to go to the field today. And there's other growers that that are probably not there yet. So it's um, it gives us a n- unique place to work with the growers we have in-house today to learn. And, and 
better define our craft before we roll out some of that going forward. But I think that's uh, just one of the examples of the future of farming that excites me. Yeah, that's a great one. Well, I'm, I'm at the time I asked of you, but I want to give you the chance. Anything else that you were hoping to to talk about or at least mention? No, I mean, I definitely enjoy, Tim, to, to jump on. And, you know, I think the biggest piece is, you know, from our company's standpoint of really having great people, having the agronomics and bringing that together. And that's what, uh, as I look back over the last six years, it's been uh, it's been a great ride and, and it will continue to be just a uh, Appreciate you having having me on the call today and uh, and really enjoyed it. Thank you so very much to Aaron Galt of Advanced Agrolytics for being on the show. You can learn more about them on their website, which is just advancedagrolytics.com. So go check that out there. Well, hey, what'd you think of this? Having two short episodes released uh, at the same time with kind of similar themes, but different takes. I'd love to get your feedback. Feel free to email me, tim at aggrad.com, Twitter at Tim Hamrich, LinkedIn, however you want to do that. But uh, I'd sure like to know whether this is something we should consider doing again in the future, because there are a lot of topics that I feel almost a little bit bad having just one person talk about, because obviously they're, they're going to talk about their own experiences, which is great. But I also don't want to do kind of a panel thing either for a lot of reasons that I'd be happy to talk to you about if you disagree. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another story of ag innovation. Ag innovation.